what we're going to do, we're going to look at um, a parable this evening, and it's the parable that Jesus tells, um, in, and you can find it on in Matthew chapter 7, and very end of the chapter in verse 24. So have you got your Bible with you? Have you turned to that? It's always great to have see folk with their Bibles with, with them, because then you can check what the speaker is saying, make sure that the speaker is is getting what he's saying or from the, the scripture. So uh, let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 to 29. And Jesus says these words, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Well, let's ask God to teach us from his word. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you spoke these words many centuries ago, but words that still speak to our hearts, uh, and that through your Spirit uh, we are meant to be taught by and to live by. So this evening, as we gather in your precious name, we ask that you would help us understand the word that we're reading. You would uh, help us understand the urgency of the message, and that our lives would be changed so that they would be lives that want to glorify you, to give you thanks uh, for all your goodness to us. So Lord, speak to us now through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, a couple of times in, in my life I've, I've managed to visit the um, what's called the Holy Land, Israel. Maybe some of you may have been, I don't know. But the first time that I went with my wife, just uh, we married a couple of years uh, we went to Israel on a tour with some folk in the churches here, and it was 1990, long before you were born. But um, and we went there, and my favourite place of all the places was up north in the hills of Galilee. It was, and it is an absolutely stunning place. The hills of Galilee, um, uh, w- with the Lake of Galilee, uh, probably are just as much as what they would have been as they were in the time of our Lord Jesus when he walked the hills and the, and the roads of Galilee. And here in this passage that we're looking at, Jesus is speaking in the hills of Galilee. In chapter 4 and verse 23, we're told, about, we're, said, we're told that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And then a few verses later, we have this this uh, talk. So we have Jesus 
in these hills and when you stand in these hills or, or you're on a boat in the lake, you can hear perfectly, even if you're in a large crowd with someone saying from the top of the hill or from the lake itself, the acoustics are amazing. And it was here that Jesus first spoke these words that we read, I read tonight. Um, and the words are part of a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it, we can read it over in a few moments, um, but it probably was something that was spread out the whole day that Jesus was teaching uh, on that mount, on that hill in, in Galilee. And the sermon was about who Jesus is, how, how to become a follower, and how to live as a follower of Jesus. So who's he talking to? Well, in the first place, if you look at chapter 5, verse 1, where the sermon actually starts, he's talking to his disciples, first of all. And, and look at ver- chapter 5, verse 1, where it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, uh, and when he was set, set, his disciples came to him. So he was teaching his disciples, but by the time we reach the end of the sermon that I just read, who is it that's also there uh, in verse 28? If you look at chapter 7, verse 28, that we're told that and when it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So Jesus would have sat down. That's the way that instead of standing up like I'm teaching you standing up, the normal course for a rabbi or a teacher would have been to sit down. Jesus sat down in the mount. He began to teach his disciples, but people began to come to come and to hear, and they were hearing what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. And we saw at the end there, absolutely amazed. So he's talking first to his disciples, he's talking to the crowd, but he's also talking to us. He's talking to everyone who hears his words. Look again very carefully at verse 24 of chapter 7. And it, and it begins, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, or the modern translation, everyone who hears my, hears my words, whosoever, no matter who they are, whether they were there then on the mountain when they were spoken, or whether they're read out like tonight in this tutor in the in the, in the mission hall, and um, Jesus is talking to everyone who, at any stage, hears the word of God. People who go regularly to church, people who go regularly to uh, maybe Sunday school, young people who go regularly to Christian meetings and organizations. Um, he's speaking to you as much as he spe- was speaking to the disciples then and to the crowds then. He's speaking to people who hear the word casually. Uh, in Dublin, I mentioned that they worked in the Republic of Ireland for 14 years. And a lot of weeks we'd go out onto the middle of, in O'Connell Street in Dublin, we'd just do a sort of like a graphic painting, demonstration of the gospel, whatever. And there were loads of people gathered around, some giving it that to us, you know, and disagreed, and some listening, and some afterwards coming up, and some just stopping and passing by and going into the, the big stores in Dublin city centre. The word of what Jesus says here applies to all of them, the regular hearer and the casual hearer, the one who passes by. And lots of people do still casually hear the word of God. Um, perhaps they, someone picks up a tract and reads it. They're hearing the words of Jesus. 
And the same challenges we'll see in a moment that Jesus makes to his disciples and the people then is the same challenge that we face today. Maybe people hear the word of God casually, the words of Jesus through a Christian friend. Maybe you have a friend who might ask you, what did you do on Saturday night? Well, I went and I heard this this talk in the, in the hall and so forth or whatever. Um, and they they can... Uh, and, I'm very, and what I want to say just before I move on, that's a very important ministry. Don't be ashamed to say to your friends in school on Monday, oh, well, on, on, uh, on, on Saturday night I was in listening to the Word of God because you do not know what it will do. In Dublin, in the city centre, we have people from all different kinds of backgrounds and, and so forth. And there was one uh, young Swedish girl who was an engineer and she came, she, she came to church. How did she come to church? She came to church because a young guy from South Africa who worked in her engineering company, she asked him, what are you doing on, on Sunday? He said, well, I'm, I'm going to church and I'm going for a walk. And she said, what? You're going to church? He, he, he was in, a, in their 20s. He goes to church. And she thought and thought and thought about it and she came to church with him. Eventually, I'll cut a long story short, after about a few months, she came to know the Lord Jesus. She's now... Uh, married to another guy in their church plant in, in Sweden, but two weeks before she uh, decided to come to church, she was she told me herself that she she was considering suicide. Her life was empty, and she came to church, and her life was changed because someone casually mentioned, "I'm going to church." Didn't preach the gospel to her, didn't tell her anything about Jesus, just said, "I'm going to church." It made them think. So don't don't ever think that what you have to say is unimportant. It's very important. It can be a chain in the link of someone coming to know the Lord Jesus. So Jesus is talking to every one of us here uh, who speak the word of God or when we hear a Christian message, whether it's uh, like here or on radio or TV or a wedding or a funeral or whatever, whatever. Whosoever heareth these sayings. Is the challenge, uh, the same challenge that he gave them. We'll see what it is. It is for us now. And, so, and what he's, what he's challenging them to do and us to do is to take his words seriously and to act upon them, whether we're not a Christian or whether we are a Christian. Not to, not to uh, simply hear Jesus' word and do nothing, but to hear Jesus' word and do something. And that's what is going to be hammered time and time again out from what Jesus is saying here. Imagine if you were at a football camp or something and Ronaldo or uh, Mo Salah or whoever your favourite player is, imagine imagine if they were to come to that camp in the summertime and they were to instruct you in the you know on how to play football. And you 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 were there. You would be listening wrapped you would hang on every word. And then when they showed you a few things to do, you would be out immediately practicing to do it. You would be putting into practice what they were saying. Or imagine if you were on a survival camp and uh, Bear Grylls was giving you last instructions before you were sent out into the wilderness how to survive. And how would you listen? You would listen with intensity. And you wouldn't just listen. You would go out when you're out there and you'd put into practice the things that Bear Grylls was telling you because you know that if you didn't, your life depended upon it. Well, this is what Jesus is saying. This is what he's really getting at in this passage. Listen to my words seriously because your life 
depends upon it if you do it. You've got to do it. Your life depends uh, upon it. Listen to my words seriously and do them for your present life and your future life depend upon it. Listen to my words seriously and do them because your happiness, your joy in life and who you are all depend upon this. Listen to my words and do them, Jesus said. Just don't listen, but do them um, because it, where you spend eternity depends on how you listen and react to the words of Jesus. So let's look at this passage together. The first point I really want to make is it's really saying build your life on solid ground. Look at verse 24. Let me read it. Um, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, so notice it's not just hearing, it's doing, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So what Jesus is saying here is is that we're to build our lives on the solid rock of his teaching. We are to not just hear them, we are to build our lives upon them. And the person who does that, look at what Jesus says, I will liken him unto a wise man. Who is it that Jesus calls wise? Not the people who are clever, the people who have degrees, but the people who build their life on the Lord Jesus, on his words and what he says. That church that I was part of in, in Dublin, it was right in the city centre. It was just beside O'Connell Bridge. And we had all sorts of people in it all from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of nations as well. And we frequently had visitors who come in, so people who weren't Christians to hear what the church had to say, people who were Christians and so forth. But one day... Um, this guy came into the church. He was only explaining to me. He was only in Dublin for a couple of weeks, and he. I asked him what he did, and he said he was a professional poker player. He went round all the casinos in Europe, and he played poker professionally, and that's how he he earned his money. So I remember he wasn't a Christian, and I sat down with him and I said to him, "Like, um." There is, a, there is a bet I know will pay off. And we started talking about Jesus. And I told him, look, he said, well, you know, what if you're wrong? You know, there's nothing there. Um, well, I said, well, if at the end of the day there's nothing there, there's no God, there's no afterlife, no, nothing like that, well, what have I lost? I haven't lost anything. I'm happy in my life and, and it's been good to me and I'm happy with it, and you, as you could say that as well. I said to him, but then I said to him, what if you, what if, what if we, what if you're wrong? What if you take a bet that Jesus doesn't exist and you find out actually, yes, he does, and one day you'll stand before him in judgment? That's a, that's a losing bet. Wouldn't it be a better gamble to presume that these things that we're telling you are true and to build your life on them? And I chatted with him for, uh, and say for a number of, of days in the two weeks that he was there. I don't know if he ever accepted the Lord Jesus as a savior, but Jesus says the wise man builds his life on Jesus, on him, because there's no one greater than, we're, than we're, that we're going to meet. There's no one, uh, Jesus stands head and shoulders above all religious figures. He's no mere human religious figure. He is the Son of God who walked amongst us. No one lived such a life as Jesus. He lived a perfect life. I spent many times debating with Muslims in Dublin and, and, and about their prophet, uh, they call Muhammad. He wasn't a perfect person, but yet Jesus was. 
He lived a perfect life. His disciples, who were with him for three years, saw he had no sin. When he was reviled, he did not revile back. But above all, no, Jesus is worth building our lives upon because no one has done more for us than the Lord Jesus. He has given his life for you. Christ has given his life for us. Has anyone else paid for our sins? No, it's Jesus that has paid for our sins. Other religious teachers may have teachings that sound, sound clever, but any teaching that can give you eternal life? No. And Jesus did this so that we might know God, that we might know him forever, because we are created to know God. We are created to, to know God in this life and in the next forever. And this Jesus um, is the rock of ages. He's the person we can shelter, who shelters us from God's judgment. He's the rock, the, the rock from which the water gushed in the, in, in, in the Exodus, giving life to, to his people. He's the solid ground in which we can build our lives. He's the cornerstone, the foundation of, of our lives. And the wise person then listens and to Jesus and puts his word into practice. And that's the first challenge I want to leave with you tonight. Have you done that yet? You've heard enough about Jesus being the Savior, but have you actually gone that step further and trusted him? Many years ago, not in Dublin now, in a church in, in West Belfast, where I was before I went to Dublin, um, we had a youth uh, evangelism week, and um, there, the last night, there was a, there was a number of guys at the back of the hall, and you're just laughing all the way through it. Well, you ex- sort of half expected that, but anyway, they were laughing halfway through it. But there was one guy um, who was 15 or so with these four guys who were just mucking about, and he came up to me afterwards, and he, he said to me, look, I, I would like to become a Christian, but I'm afraid my mates would just laugh at me. Well, all I said to him was, and I quite literally all I said to him was this, well, your mates can laugh you into hell, but they can't laugh you out. And that's all I said to him, I didn't say anything more to him. And 20 years later, <laughs> I'm old enough to be able to say 20 years later, 20 years later, I was walking through uh, Lisburn, and out ran this young man, I didn't recognize him at all, and he said to me, you're Eddie Coulter? And I said, yes. He said, you remember the night you spoke to me about you said to my, late, my mates would, you know, could laugh me into hell but not laugh me out? Well, he said, I want you to know that I am now, he said, a Christian. I've been a Christian since that time. I just didn't tell you before you left the church. And he said, I'm also a pastor of an of a independent church. I was absolutely amazed and delighted to, to hear it. But here was a young man wise enough to listen intently to God's word and then wise enough to do what it says so that God's word calls us to trust in Jesus our Savior. How many times have you heard that? Countless times. But have you done it yet? That's the key thing. It's not just hearing, it's doing. Well, what if you don't build your life on on Jesus? What what, what if you, you, you don't do that? Well, verse 26 tells us, uh, what, what, who we are. We're a foolish person. Look at verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So who is the foolish person? Um, 
the foolish person is not the person without degrees or cleverness or whatever. It uh, doesn't matter how successful you may be in other fields. If you haven't put into practice the words of Jesus and either follow him as Savior or growing as a disciple, you're a foolish person. The one who listens and doesn't do anything about the words of Jesus is the foolish person. And many, many people in our churches growing up as well hear the word of God Sunday, week in, week out, but don't actually respond to it. Why? Because of sin, because they're blinded, um, because they don't want to, because it would change their life, and all sorts of reasons people people give. And Jesus says that that's not good enough, that he goes further and he says that he calls us to act upon upon, upon what we hear. If we hear his Savior, trust in him as Savior. If you're a young Christian and you want to grow in your faith as well, well, here are words Jesus has just taught them in the Sermon on the Mount, and we see them throughout the New Testament. Are you acting upon them? It's not enough to know if you're a Christian. That's first, the first step. The rest is to be a disciple. Are you acting on the Word of God? You know what's right to do. Are you doing it? If you're not doing it, it's foolishness uh, 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 and, and dangerous. The person who listens but doesn't put... Um, the word of God into practice is foolish, not only because they, they miss out on the joy of knowing the Lord in this life, but also they stand in danger of judgment. Look at verse 27. We're told there, And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and, the, and great was the fall of it. The floods and the winds stand maybe for two things. One is the is the sorrows and difficulties of this life. Um, we haven't got Jesus. We, we won't be as strong standing against all the things that will come. The Bible says bad things do happen to good people, but there's a difference um, that if we know Jesus, we can, sustain, we can go through and weather the storm because he's with us right all the way through. But someone who hasn't got Christ can be broken by many of these particular things. But above all, the floods and the gales point to the judgment day. And on that judgment day, we can say all that we like um, in the verses before this particular passage. Um, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Lord, did we not do this in your name? And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. If we haven't put the word of God into practice. I don't know about you, but... Um, Sometimes on my mobile, you, you, I get things like, um, you know, disasters or something like that. You know, maybe a, a, a volcano or a series of, of, of videos about different disasters, floods and all the rest of it. And I don't know, you've probably seen it many of the time, the ones where the floods come and you see whole houses being swept away. And Jesus says that's a picture of a person who hears but doesn't respond to his his word and it, it's devastating we, we need to act on his word my i have three children two boys and a girl my daughter she's in 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 dublin at the moment teaching english language uh, skills to overseas students and she's traveled quite a bit in the far east but she told me that she was in some, some island in the far east and they were told when they arrived as tourists when you hear the siren sound 
You drop everything that you're doing and you run for the highest ground because when the siren goes, it means a tsunami is coming. And this was a place that had been hit by tsunami. Many people had died. And they said when the siren sounds, you drop everything and you head for higher ground. And that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus' word is saying to us. We've got, we know that the flood of judgment is coming. And they, these words are the siren sound. And we've got to go to the higher ground, which is Jesus. We've got to trust in him. Over and over and over again, Jesus is driving home the, the teachings of his sermon that we must put it into practice. So what if, what if we do put the words of Jesus into practice? Well, if we do show that we trust him by actually trusting in him as Savior and walking with him in our lives, well, then that's answered, isn't it, in verse 25. Look at verse 25 with me, where it says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Like I said before, being a Christian doesn't make you immune from the difficulties of life. People you love will die. We will get ill. Things will happen to us because this life isn't perfect. It's still affected by sin. But we have a Savior, if we're trusting in him, who walks with us every step along the way. He's with us when the floods and the gales come. And they will come. And hopefully they'll not. I mean, some people have their first share, more than their first share of difficulties in life. But even they know, and, uh, and one of the one wonderful things about being in a very traditional church now, in a very much older church, older than me, um, is that I am able to hear Christian men and women talk about the faithfulness of Jesus in their lives over the decades. Some of them in their 80s and 90s, the 90s, the faithfulness of Jesus over the decades because they took the step to trust in Jesus. They not only heard, uh, uh, but they, they obeyed and they've walked with the Lord Jesus. And not therefore when the judgment comes that that particular flood and gale, their house will stand, their life will stand because they're trusting in the solid rock. So these are the words of Jesus. They're not mere human words. Um, verse third, verse 29 tells us at the very end of this little parable that sums up all that he wants them to do. He says, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus uh, was full of authority. It wasn't just religious teaching, the way the scribes could dole out. This, the, his words have authority. And they have authority over our lives tonight, here, sitting, sitting here. And we are to acknowledge the authority of Jesus as our King by taking the step of listening and obeying. So, if you've only, if you, if you're one, just let me finish by saying, if you're one of those folk who has very dutifully and obediently, and in a very, it's a very good thing to come to church and Sunday school all your days, but you haven't yet taken the step of trusting in Jesus, you've got to do that. It's of great urgency. That's what Jesus is saying here at the end of this passage. You have got to do it. Will you do that? Well, I can't answer that for you. But you must do that, is what I can say. If you have taken that step, and you know that you know the Lord, and you feel that you're just so angry with yourself at times, you're so annoyed with yourself at times, that I'm not what I should be, well then, still continue to obey God's word. 
Put into practice what you know you ought to be. And keep going and seeing the Lord's hand change your life, give you the right attitude, give you the power and strength to go on. But we've got to trust and obey as that old song, that old hymn goes. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Let's pray. Lord, you are crystal clear in your word to us. You call us not to be mere listeners to your word, as good as that is, and as wonderful as that is, to listen to the voice of the Lord Jesus speaking uh, words of, of love and mercy to us. But help us, Lord, to go that step further that you require, and that is to actually act upon your words. Help us to do that if we're not yet following you, Help us to do that if we are Christians and are following you, to put into practice the things that we that we know we must do, to put away the things that we know we mustn't do, and to live out the life that you call us to, and to show that in our lives so that it's obvious that we belong to you. So, Lord, thank you for this evening, for your word, your love, and your mercy. And pray, Lord, that you would bless our lives, that they may glorify you in Jesus' name.